1: listening to season five of Mother May I Sleep With podcast. I'm your host, Molly Mathieu. Hey, there's Hi. my daughter,
2: law. Huh? Good to
3: see you. I've got something to show you.
2: Oh, great. <laughs> Oh, is this for the girls? For the boy. Wait, we don't know if it's a boy yet.
3: It's time for a boy. Carry on the Watts family name. Oh, here it is. Chris used to love this.
2: (laughs) Thank you. That's cute. Thanks. Where are the girls? Uh, swing set.
0: Hey, girls. Grandpa's here.
3: So, how did you keep yourself busy while they were away? I was just... Being here, just working out, going to work, you know, going on runs and, and keeping up the house. Stop. Who keeps calling? Shanann. No. Come on. Let me see that one where you turn around. This one? Huh? No, what is that? That's not a pose. Okay, you should take it. She's ruining the mood. Go. Oh, uh... yeah. Go. Don't move. Where am I going to go? Hey.
2: Okay, hi. Just hear me out. I've thought about this a lot, and I don't want the girls staying at your parents' house while we're on this trip. Uh,
3: Yeah, so, uh, what what do you want me to do about it?
2: I want you to call your dad right now and tell him we're not going. Okay? Hello? Chris, hello. Can you hear me?
3: Yeah. I will.
2: You're going to call tonight? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's all I ask. Just, um, uh, I'm sorry. Honey, I don't feel good. I got so tired. Um, are you okay? Yeah. It doesn't really seem like you want to be talking to me. Yeah, no, I'm just, I
3: have long days at work, you know.
2: worn out. Okay get some rest don't forget to eat dinner oh by the way I got an alert from Visa that there was a charge at a place called the wheelhouse that was me yeah why I, I don't want to nag you but um that's the card we're trying to pay down right
3: yeah I remember i sorry I just I was out with the guys and I forgot hey tell the girls I love them and um give them a big old kiss for me will ya
2: okay I love you.
1: I'll t- Chris? All right. There's a lot to unpack there, but I will say, uh, I don't know, it's hard because I want to focus on the movie, but I also have some major tea here and we got to kind of hustle. Um, let's just say, yes, Chris's dad brought by toys that in... 2019 or 2017 are absolutely dangerous for children and like it's like that's what was wrong with the 70s and 80s is that you would hand a child a toy that was hard metal and full of small parts (laughs) Um, that whole scene was super uncomfortable. But I also I called my grandpa Grampy, so yeah, you know that that made it tough to totally hate. Um, this we both I think felt very uncomfortable. You said to me, "This is so uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. Like it is when Chris is with the mistress and Shanann's calling; it's terrible, um, and so uncomfortable to watch. And we all know that moment of like hearing our friend who's like marriage we don't know much about answer the phone. Uh, to talk to their significant other and it just sounds weird. And you're just like, oh, is, do you secretly hate us or do you hate them? Or like, what's this tenseness on the phone? Um, brought back a lot of weird memories for me. But the thing I want to tell you is that this stomach ache she's having in this scene was actually a recurring issue for her. And it, I think, first started. The day she arrived in North Carolina and then showed up again when Chris was there. And that is because Chris admitted to giving her 80 milligrams pills of oxycontin because he found out that oxycontin <gasps> can, can provoke a miscarriage. Holy so my. he had been trying to get her to oh, like to basically OD on OxyContin and miscarry. And he was sneaking them to her under the guise that they were pain pills for something else. Like, oh, it's a generic aspirin or whatever. The thing with OxyContin, I didn't know. I really didn't know anything about this. Like, that's one of, to me, the scariest things out there. Like, I would probably do heroin before OxyContin, but I'd prefer to never do either. Mm. Um, 80 milligrams of OxyContin is something that they typically only prescribe to people who are on, like, deathbed cancer. Like like Like, hospice. mm Mm-hmm. And, um, the going rate for Oxycontin in the street is a dollar a milligram. So these were expensive pills. So I watched this, um, wow. amazing video today, and I want to give the YouTube channel credit because they were either the ones who, um, presented it or they basically cracked the case. But it's called True Crime in Colorado. And, they're great over there. They basically do what we do for Lifetime movies with books and cases and interviews. They give a long sort of extensive breakdown of things without, I mean, we have way more commentary, but if you like longer form explanations of things... because. I never trust anyone whenever someone's like the highlights from the Oscars. I'm like, bitch, I wouldn't have chosen any of those things. Like, those are (laughs) the most obvious things. Like, oh, someone sang a song. I'm shocked. (laughs) No, I want to talk about like that weird reaction shot moment or when someone didn't. Yeah. When someone like started to like dyslexia out on the teleprompter, like give me that. Um, But. Anyway, so they did a great job describing this. And apparently, so everyone knows that this this boy came forward, um, his alleged gay lover, Trent Bolt. He was um, 29 at the time. He said that he had met Chris on Tinder and they had had some sort of tryst. There was something going on with them. Um, that was later proven to be untrue. And I read that this guy was... He was sort of a known liar. Like people in his life knew him to be one that would exaggerate or put himself in the middle of things.
4: This Tristan, man.
1: Bolts, yeah. Um, he would, he would absolutely like, insert himself into things or even like criminalize himself. Like he's that person who comes forward and confesses to something, even though they didn't do it, Fascinating. right? Fascinating. But it turns out that a good friend of Nicole is cousins. With someone, with a whole fucking family. And they are related to Trent. And so the Facebook, like mutuals didn't go that far back. And it's now suspected because I believe Trent worked in, as like an EMT or worked in a hospital or something. He might have been the one, people are thinking, who gave Chris the Oxycontin via Nicole. So people think Nicole was supplying him with the Oxy. The mistress. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so that's that with the stomach aches that I mean, I know that's a big thing to miss out on. Um, but the stomach aches are not just stomach aches that he's being unattentive towards. Although that that tipped off the family, they were way more than that. He was trying to make her miscarry with Oxy. What crazy? Just the- get a divorce, like just get a divorce. Well,
4: I mean, yeah, that's the answer to half the shit that happened in this movie (laughs) especially the end it's just like yeah so like what are you doing dude
1: i don't know if this is like so fucked up but i also just want to say i feel like he told her like right around the time that she could no longer get a legal abortion that like he didn't really want to have the baby and it's kind of like, I'm not saying that she would have gotten one. It seemed like she very much wanted to have that child, but it definitely complicated everything because like that was a huge source of heartbreak for her mm. when she realized that he didn't he want was, the baby when yeah. she was also okay with how the family was until she got pregnant and was really excited about number three. Mm-hmm. Um It. Yeah, it's just he's so fucked. We see Chris and Nicole out for another uh nice dinner, but this time he pulls out the company gift card his work friend gave him to celebrate Nico and pays the bill with that. So this is the new plan. He's going to pay for the dates that way. Chris and Nicole... um Oh, wait. So the other thing... Sorry, this is important. The other reason why she wanted him to cancel the family plans is because of Nutgate, which was, like, never really mentioned in this. Chris's family referred to this situation as Nutgate, and it was like the biggest problem, I think, with, um, sort of the end of the breakdown of their marriage. Basically, Celeste was very highly allergic to tree nuts and a couple other things, and Chris's mom never really bought into the whole, like, lethal allergy thing. Ugh. And she had given Celeste, um, some ice cream that had nuts in it, and thankfully she didn't die or go into shock or anything but she basically like intentionally ignored Shanann and like the rules and restrictions around her diet and that sent Shanann obviously into a frenzy where she was like i can't fucking trust your parents around my kids because i think his mom even went as far to say that like you can't always get what you want to the little girl like she sort of like then teased her a little bit about not being able to have the ice cream and that really caused some major tension and you just you know those people the ones who are telling a lactose intolerant person to have the pizza anyway you know your friend who's been like you know perfectly maintaining a diet and finally reaching the goal weight they needed to for their health and then their friends like no you know what have that beer like eat that piece of cake it's like you're literally doing something that is going to harm this person's health. You're you're not someone who cares about them. That's it.
4: There was a uh, it was going around a month or two ago, um I don't know, it's the cut or some kind of some advice um column type situation in in some something that was it's pretty relevant. I can't remember. Anyway, it was about like a woman whose in-laws mother-in-law refused to respect the fact that she was allergic to mushrooms and like went so far as to like keep serving things with multiple things with mushrooms at one meal. Like, like, and she, she had like a, you know, very serious allergy. Like it was just right. bananas. And
1: people, I see a mushroom is exactly that sort of thing where people will be like, oh, they just don't like them. Who's actually allergic to a mushroom? Like, you know, it's like that's – I can totally – that passive-aggressive sort of – she's just lying about being allergic to them. She'll like mushrooms. I mean, I don't know what the grandmother's true – I mean, I don't think her intentions were to harm Cece. I think it was sort of just to debunk science and, like, prove that Shanann's over-worried.
4: Sure, yeah. I don't think it was this – yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So
1: that was why she called all upset saying, like, you have to tell your father it's off. Um. So yeah, it,
4: I wish they it was it was hard that they didn't cover a lot of that in the movie, so it seemed very much like, why what's the big why is she so upset about them staying with the parents? If you didn't know anything about the case. You're it's a not gay. Like,
1: and like that is one thing that they had to cut out of the movie, and I guess it still made sense, but for like people who have really tracked this, it's like, oh my god, how could you not include basically Chris's mom trying to kill Cece and then them basically blaming Shanann for overreacting. Um, so Chris and Nicole wind up going to Shanann in his house, and they're there so that they, he can grab some clothes. And this is her first time sort of seeing like, oh, they have like a nice, nice house. Like, oh, it's like really neat in here. And she's looking at a picture of the kids, and, you know, Chris is saying like, you know, it's super neat. And she go- he goes, yeah, that's Shanann. That's her jam all day. I have never heard anyone say. <laughs> that's her jam all day. Um, and she goes, the kids are cute too. And he's like, yeah, that's all shenan too. Um, and at this moment, Nicole sort of seems to be personally affected by divorce. Like, you get a moment where she's, like, sort of reflecting on her younger self. She's looking at a picture of the kids, and she says, you know, divorce isn't easy, and I don't want to be responsible for destroying a family. And she says she wants to go home. She doesn't want to be a part of this. He should work on his marriage. Um, and Chris sort of starts to run after her, but it's half-hearted. Now, the thing with this is that a lot of people are saying that whenever Nicole would say, work on your marriage, because she would always say that uh, into the investigators too. She would say, I always would tell him like, you know, you should work on your marriage. That would be a good thing for you. That'd be good for the girls. People say that the way that she most likely was saying it was like almost as a threat. Like, yeah, go work on your marriage, like a belittling sort of passive aggressive thing and that it was never true concern.
4: Uh, okay. Um, Okay. That's, yeah, see? That paints another, it's another little layer of the onion that that you couldn't fit into the 127 minutes.
1: And the other thing was, this was sort of based off of a time where she and Chris did get into a fight at the house, and he didn't run after her, which to her at the time was like scary, because she was like, I thought this guy really cared about me, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't give a shit. Um, so Shanann talks on FaceTime with one of her friends about Chris. The girls are playing right next to her. And she tells him that, you know, he's probably just freaking out about the new baby. Shanann isn't sure because he seems so happy before they left. Her friends say that when he gets to North Carolina, things will be different. Marriage is about ups and downs. Good friend. Of course, that's our, our girl. Um
4: Amber. Slash Amber. Nicole.
1: Amber. Um, so they're camping for the weekend, um, Nicole and, and Chris. In a
4: parking lot.
1: And they're, <laughs> yes, at White Sands, this beautiful place that was in Nicole's book with Bali. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, they're having fun. They're setting up the camping spot. They're like woohooing. And then he goes off to a rock by himself and Googles when to tell someone <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Um, and that's real. He Googled that. He also Googled like, what does being, what is being told I love you feel like? That oh. was another thing. Holy
4: shit, I didn't know that. That's
1: some sociopath shit. That's like le- That's like absorbing yeah, it's like reactions an, from television, it's you like know?
4: An, Yeah, it's like Splash, like the mermaid watching television <laughs> or, or an alien coming down. God, I down wish.
1: I, I wish that this ended so, like, s- magically. Swimming away. If Chris was a merman, I could almost <laughs> forgive him. Like, I couldn't, but I'd be like, you really fucking miss the ocean, man, like... You got put into some spell that made you have human legs and live out a life that you weren't prepared for. Um, Yeah. So the two of them were talking uh, during the sunset about how much they both needed this. Nicole and Chris are talking. And he's like, you know what? I love you. And she's like, do you mean that? And he's like, yeah. And so they're in love. They're officially in love. This is their lover's getaway. Shanann calls him when they're leaving the next day. And she's furious that he never called her back. And he's like, I'm sorry. I love you, boo. It's so. It is like, if you're worried about what your man is doing, and then he picks up the phone and talks to you like this, you should be worried. It's
4: bananas. It's like he's talking, it's like she's talking to Siri, or like, because he just says it monotone like three times, like, uh I'll, sorry, I'll make it up to you next time I see you. I love you, boo. You know that. <laughs> and like says that like three times.
1: So at the end of this, she's basically like, fuck it. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have so a nice she's, break. yeah. So Tammy's asking Chris a lot of questions in the squad room. Could Shanann be having an affair? He says he didn't know. Um, he didn't think so, but when he got to North Carolina, things were better for a bit. So we see him pull up in the taxi to Shanann's mom's driveway and he's putting his ring back on. Um, so bold, by the way, I don't know why he's so confident carrying around his wedding ring in his pocket. I would be panicked.
4: Yeah, that, that just like, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't even trust myself. Like back when I was using quarters for laundry to like keep track of all of them, let alone <laughs> like my wedding ring. Um, so he's, uh, thrilled to see the kids. He gives her a kiss. It's like, it's sweet, right? But it doesn't take long before he's zoning out, drinking a beer on the porch. And it's a very like unflattering moment for Shanann where she's, Having what I recognize to be is a little bit of an anxiety moment because the kids aren't wearing sunscreen. Everyone's going, relax, Shanann, relax. They're fine. We have plenty of time to get to Myrtle Beach. And she's like, it's not fine. The sun's out. My kids don't have sunscreen on, which is a person. Yeah. As a person with anxiety, I relate to that because I'm like, nothing is happening and everyone's telling me I'm crazy. Um, so
4: And he's checked out with his beer. Oh, just- he is
1: zoning. They even give us a nice little visual effect of him sort of like the noise being drowned out because he's drinking a Bud Light. And he is, this is their version of showing him like newly in love where he's fully distracted. He's on his own train of thought. Shanann and him are driving to Myrtle Beach with the girls in the back. And he is in his own world. And she, in her present world, is sort of just looking at him heartbroken, not really knowing what's going on in his head, but knowing he's not there. And it must have just been so awful for her to, like, find out that all of her suspicions were confirmed. Like, we're driving to Myrtle Beach and our daughters are singing My Daddy is My Hero. And you're thinking about nicole kissinger or whatever her name is yeah like yeah. it is just
4: checked out and just and and i got a small pissed off vibe that just the that he has to be in this chaos when he just wants to be
1: because he's chomping on his piece of gum it's like the it's like an attitude gum like he has it yeah, to yeah. like sell the like i'm fucking <laughs> pissed off like i don't care about anything like fuck this world, like, I'm in my new one, chomp, chomp, chomp. It's a very, um, it was an, an interesting piece of gum to me.
4: Mm, absolutely. A well-placed
1: piece of gum. Yeah,
4: good prop work.
1: So she streams uh, from the beach later that day. During the scene, Chris is so attentive to the girls and having a blast playing with them on the beach, which makes it so much more obvious that he has no connection with Shanann. He doesn't care that she's there. Um, 39.30 to 42.12, this is the big heartbreaking scene.
2: Carolina it's the girls first time at the beach they're loving it they're having the best time okay so get to the booth early because these striped starter
1: packs go fast
2: bye thank you hey Hey, can we talk? Are you mad at me because I didn't let the kids stay at your parents' house?
3: Things are just a little off with us right now, but it's fine. It's whatever. What's on? Yeah, that's it. It's fine.
2: No, no, that's not all. What's? Girls, stay close, please. What's happening? I feel like. We've been like happier alone or something. No,
3: no. You know I love you and the girls.
2: Chris, the past five weeks have been awful for me. I, ju- I just missed you. I missed, you know, smelling you in the sheets and talking to you and seeing you with the girls. And I just, I'm glad I'll miss you. Now you're here and it's like you're not there. What's going on? ask me about the baby and you're not talking about the girl i'm just i'm worried and i'm i'm spotting in these first 12 weeks they're scary and i just do you want this baby i mean Oh my God, what's happening? You're the one that wanted to try for a third. What is happening?
3: I liked their family the way it was, okay? And now we're having three. It's just like a lot of responsibility, right? If you're done, I need to know. I'm not done, I'm not done, I'm not done, no, look. I just don't know where my head is at. I love you, I love the kids. I just need some time.
1: Let's get to the car. They caught some real type A shit there. Oh, I mean, that, yeah, that scene's heartbreaking to watch. And of course, this fucking piece of shit. I mean, this is the real, like, we hate Chris moment. Yeah. I'm done, bitch. I am done. Lifetime's going to keep trying to reel us back into feeling some sympathy for him. But that's just so cruel. And you know that that conversation actually took place in multiple portions over a Period of seven days, like that vacation sucked.
4: Oh uh, yeah, like if he didn't end up murdering him, he would still be a piece of shit in that moment. Like just
1: you do this if like she's excited and, like, about the a new family condo. The
4: way it was sorry, right?
1: Oh yeah, no, okay, sorry. I was like, I think that like the way that he sort of interacted with her in this moment was like if she wanted a condo or like a new car and like she really thought that next week they'd be signing the papers and then he let her down that's sort of the way he treated it <laughs> yeah, exactly. where she's like a fully growing a human and i think like 10 weeks pregnant maybe nine weeks pregnant at that point she's our i don't know why she's showing so much already in this movie but um it's very yeah it's wild
4: yeah it is interesting that she's showing very much in this movie and then the surveillance footage in real life of her coming home the night she was killed is not...
1: No, I mean, she wasn't that pregnant. She did have a baby two years prior, but she wasn't that pregnant. Yeah. Um, but they're sleeping in the bed that night at the hotel, and he whispers to her, I'm going to fix this. This will get better, I promise. Okay, so in the squad room, Chris tells Tammy... In the male detective that it became clear once they were in North Carolina, that things had changed for Shanann and she no longer wanted to be with him. So they're like, you, maybe did she tell anyone about that? And he says that she said she hadn't told anyone. Um, he says that he wanted to stay married, but she was very distant and cold. I don't know how he thought anyone was going to corroborate that statement because it just is so obvious what played out to everyone else. Well, yeah. Um, it's
4: like, it's like she, He's not thinking like about friends that she might have had, <laughs> or that they could talk like, yeah, it's just. Or that re-
1: anyone else had eyes, or yeah. like, you know, it's like also that the girls probably could have said that there was something going on between their parents because it turned out that on this trip, the girls were actually really cold towards Chris. Really? Yes. Bella and Cece reportedly were very. Sort of just standoffish to him, like they knew something was wrong. Um, Plus, it
4: had been five weeks since they saw it.
1: Again, yeah, at that age, like, yeah. you know, when someone's gone for five weeks, you have like the memory of a dog when you're that young. <laughs> it's just like sort of like, oh, God, oh, you? Oh, my oh. God. Do you remember how long five weeks used to feel when you were a kid? <laughs> yeah. That was a lifetime. So Nikki has been stalking Shanann's Facebook while they're on vacation, and she calls him up and is like, what's with all these happy family photos? And he's basically like, it's her PR. It's not personal. Um, You know, we're over. You and I are on. I love you. So we see the patch, the pills, and the shake once again. When he gets home, he goes to visit Nikki. But the passion that was there is no longer. He wins her back in five seconds. Um, and then we cut to them both naked on the living room floor. Chris is resting when Nikki tells him to look at something on her phone. It's a listing for a house rental. It's a nice place, lots of rooms for the girls and near their school. He's leaving his wife. He has to think about where they're going to go next. Um, This is true. She was out sort of apartment searching for him in the Brighton area, I believe it was called, which is like a, a slightly less expensive town near where they were living little does she know that they're already on like the verge of bankruptcy and already trying to sell their house so she's like what do you think about it and he goes i think that i would do you right there and then i'd pull back mm. the curtains and i'd do you right there which is like that would just i don't know i have had men at times in my life speak to me like that <sighs> and it fucking it's like it's like oh ew like it's like Oh, God. Like, I knew that you were that way, but, like, I didn't know it was, like, that was the most you, like, that was your thought of me. It's, like, very, it's repulsive. It's
4: like talking about a fleshlight or something, like, you know, like, then I'll drag it over to the couch and then I'll take it into the laundry room.
1: That's not something you're, like doubling down on for sure not like you're definitely not like you know what yeah he talked to me like that that one time but I think I'm gonna make it work (laughs) like that's something that really sits with you you know and it didn't for her and the whole thing with Nicole is very interesting because I do think that she was like pushing her limits for Chris sexually speaking anyway like in the reports when they were sort of looking through her stuff she was googling like How to have anal sex, like double penetration during sex. Like she was looking up specific sex acts that were clearly new for her that Mm -hmm. sound like something, some like horny married man that never got to do those things would do. That's like literally out of a cartoon being like threesome with double penetration. that's like something that probably someone wouldn't even want if it actually happened. That's like too much watching porn. Like things that like literally it's like, leave that up to the professionals. Like you're not in the X games, bitch. Like Like,
4: to be in Cirque du Soleil tonight.
1: It's like, no one wants that. You have to pay someone thousands of dollars to, or maybe $500 to appear on a set to do that. Like, come on. So, Shanann does a Facebook live stream saying that she and her girl, Amber, were going to be in Scottsdale, Doubletree that weekend, giving out Thrive merch, the first 50 people. Um, she has some new water bottles, which is like, I was like, good for her. Um, Chris enters at the end of it, and Shanann is very tense with him, as she should be. She's like, I thought you would be happy we're having a boy. So, what we missed in, in the interim is the gender reveal, which was very unceremonious i believe i i watched it on facebook um the facebook live stream and i forgot how they did it but it was one of those sort of uneventful gender reveals where it's like the balloons are like struggling to get out of the box and it's like yeah we're having a fucking boy like everyone saw the blue but now we have to go through the whole routine of watching <laughs> the confetti fly like it's so much these gender reveals are crazy
4: uh, yeah at least no one died
1: Oh, well, from 100%. Did I, I don't know if I've ever told you guys about this, but my favorite gender reveal, the only gender reveal I truly stand, it did end in a crime. Um, but this man, um, filled a, a um, watermelon with a color jello. And it was like pink jello or blue jello. And he filled an empty watermelon with it. And then they brought an alligator onto the lawn. <laughs> And then they threw the watermelon into its mouth and it went chomp. (laughs) Blue jello was <laughs> everywhere. And they were like, woo! And I guess he got fined because he brought an alligator onto his lawn, which is like so many reasons why you can't do that. Yeah. But it was I was like, you know what? If you're gonna go down for a gender reveal, like there's much worse things than feeding an alligator Absolutely. a fucking watermelon. Yeah. Like that's pretty I can get behind that. Totally. I would do that without anything being revealed. I'd be like, let's get drunk and, and feed the alligator a watermelon. <laughs> so <clears throat> He says that he was thinking about some things. They've been married for eight years. They have an anniversary coming up and two kids. He doesn't want to be the last, the guy who blows this up, right? He's aware that he's a cliche at this point. Um, he says he wants to start over and forget all about the last six weeks. And she's so thrilled about that. They're going to go to Aspen when she gets back. This is, this is something great. So Chris tells Tammy that on August 10th, we go back to the investigation room. He tells Tammy that on August 10th was when she flew out with Amber uh, Shanann was really mad about something, but he didn't have time to talk to her about it. He was so busy with everything at home, feeding Dieter, you know? <laughs> um So, of course, we cut to what he was really doing the whole time, which is getting action from Nicole in a booth at a restaurant. I've never moved to, like, a new state and been anonymous, but, like, I can tell you if I had been living someplace for a year or so, I would not feel comfortable making out with a woman during daytime. In the banquet of a fucking lazy dog. Do you know what a lazy dog is? Uh, I'm,
4: I'm not sure. Sh- I've been to like little cafes that are similar that are called almost that. But
1: I feel like I'm I've a- been to things called lazy dog, but yeah. I, it's definitely a Colorado chain. Okay. And Nicole would go there with her father. Um, One time she and Chris went to multiple lazy dogs in a night because she didn't like the menu at one wow but i that's clearly like a cover-up for something we're just not sure what yet um chris has maxed out his company gift card and he's horny as hell so he's like fuck it i'm just gonna charge it on on the card um chris is getting started on his lie detector test and tammy is so about her business i'm fucking obsessed with her um chris is trembling when he gets hooked up to his gear she asked him if he has any questions before they start, and he says no. And this is my favorite part of the whole fucking movie. It's 10 seconds long, 49.14 to 49.26.
3: The coolest thing about this is that right now there's only one person in this room who knows the truth.
2: And in about five minutes, there's going to be two of us. So that's the coolest part.
1: So that's the coolest part.
4: Uh, so great.
1: I would... F- fall apart if someone said that to me I mean Tammy made me nervous I'm like <laughs> I've never lied to anyone I'm at home being like Tammy come on I fucking I'm a member of the Lifetime movie club I would never <laughs> lie to anyone that scared that's a perfect way to take the wind out of someone just like just hmm here's like a really easy way to say you're fucked like yeah it's great and
4: just with a smile mm-hmm. like just yeah it was it's, it's great
1: I, I mean, yeah, I can't, the, the woman who administered that, Tammy Lee in real life and also this actress, they killed it throughout this whole thing. I really admire them as a professional and I wish I could be more like them. Like, that's a real hero status moment for me. Um, amazing.
4: And what's, you know, what's funny is about this, this actress, um, Brooke, uh, um,
1: Brooke Smith,
4: Brooke Smith. Um, that moment is so, and I'm not a huge theater nerd, but I do know a little. And she—it's so Chekhov, and I've seen her do Chekhov before. And the big, a big thing about Chekhov plays is subtext. Is so you're saying a line, but really, you know, it's it's like here, have a sandwich. But there's so much sub. It's all about subtext and what's really being said. And I really feel like she's killing it with that line because she's saying one thing, but she's re- the subtext is just so much deeper.
1: That's the coolest part. Yeah. Ooh, it cuts to your bones like a fucking high school mean girl. Like yeah. you're like, ooh, you really got inside me. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, by the way, um, a lovely, uh, theater reference. <laughs> I need to learn more about Chekhov. I did not realize that that was his specialty. I have to say, I'm, I feel like I'm fairly theater illiterate. Um, although I did, did, uh, see in the heights early. I was a,
4: Oh, well. early
1: I was on to Lin Manuel very early so <laughs> that's me. Um okay, so when he's answering these questions, we see him flashing back and forth like between the questions and things that would make him feel guilty. Um when he's done he turns to Tammy and asks, "How'd I do?" which is exactly the kind of thing I would fucking say when I was lying. Like I'd be like, Mm-hmm. You know, like, so uh, this is normal to ask after a lie detector test. The truth is what will be normal is nothing. You say nothing when you're done with that. It's like prison. You got to just say nothing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Just, just, like, just get me out of here.
1: What would you say after you finish something like that? If you knew you were fucking lying throughout a lie detector test, like, how would you have handled that?
4: If I knew I was lying, oh, that's... I mean, the trick to lying, I think for me, it's a special, I mean, I if I were to be a liar, and we've all lied to some degree somehow, but like, I mean, to be a really like good perpetual liar, I think you have to compartmentalize in a way where you're, you know, and acting is lying. So it's making yourself believe that thing that you know you're lying about. So you believe it so much that it's just your own truth. And then, you know. So I think I, I'm not sure that, that that's a, that's a really tough question. You know, the, the situation would, would really kind of predict what, what I would say, but it would certainly wouldn't be awesome. How'd I do?
1: Yeah. How'd I do? Like it's so uncomfortable. Wait, Ted, just so our audience knows who they're dealing with, didn't you, you posted on Twitter recently that you, Played a crazy person in in test psychology like when oh, they were
4: yes i uh for a, a, about two years in new york i i worked with um the n y p d it was actually it was john Jay criminal college and it was they the n y p d would had a hostage negotiation uh department you know i remember detectives that were hostage negotiators they would bring them in there to do these seminars it was just kind of rebooting you know every you know six months or whatever kind of like just let's let's get like a refresh just, yeah just let's just work on our technique so i would play various characters that they had to talk down and they literally had a little fake door <laughs> that it was just a door and a frame and i would sit on one side and they would be on the other as if as if um you know uh there was a barricade you know so they couldn't see me uh but i in one case i had a a baby doll and i had like taken a baby (laughs) hostage on the subway and i was obsessed with saint anthony and i thought that saint anthony (laughs) the patron saint of lost things had like had had you know told me to take this baby and and then you know that was like my one of my most kind of uh, the one I, a character I did very much, uh, and, and they would have to, and it was a series of checks and balances where they would try to, you know, if they went, if they went too far, then I would, you know, then I would get inflamed and be like, you know, and it, you know, and then I would look, there was a, 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 a moderator and I would watch him, you know, just cause sometimes he'd be like, let's wind it down or da, 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 da. But that's some was, real
1: improv shit. It
4: was, Awesome. I How did, it.
1: okay. I want to ask so many questions. I guess, all right. How did, did you choose when you would open the door or did I the instructor to, tell you?
4: No, it, it was a series. It was, if it was like a, a checklist in my head of like them hitting the right notes and empathizing properly, you know, hit, checking enough of the boxes where it's like, okay, they've, they've convinced me that the way to go is to, you know, is to open the door. Whether it's, like, them being on board with with the St. Anthony kind of thing. Mostly it was, like, they connect to the child and they connect to me and they say, well, we know you don't want to hurt that child. And it's just, like, them trying to get on the wavelength, which is, I mean, it's such an incredibly difficult job. I I love
1: the movie The Negotiator. I mean... That's a fucking banger. But I have to say that that's like really the most I know about it. Does every police officer need to know to an extent how to negotiate something like that?
4: Well, that's a good question because we also would do, we would work with the recruits, the... um you know the uh the classes recruits before they graduate they or 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 they or they had just become officers and they bring them in. that was we wouldn't do the same types of things but i would play like a guy on the street who was kind of um they called him uh edps like uh, emotionally disturbed oh. pe- people um so You know, like a guy who's waving a board around who thinks he's possessed or something and they're having to deal with that and kind of – so they would – I think in a less – to a lesser degree, they have to know enough to kind of stall so they can get the true hostage negotiation team there possibly.
1: So would they like give you like – they'd be like, this is your character – Like the marks they have to hit are this. If they hit on this, like go back extra hard and be like, no, I'm not leaving. Like,
4: I I had a, I had like one long session with the, with the kind of the moderator. And then there was the actual chief of the department who would come in. But, but when I just developing the, the one special specific, I had like two or three characters. One was just a suicidal, not just, but just more kind of pedestrian and, and not as mentally ill right. suicidal guy and then there was this guy who was took a baby hostage on the subway that was the kind of like showstopper right <laughs> and and that one and it really it took like the first time i did it i was i was sweat, i was terrified because you know it's just like we just really you just i mean these were all real this is a world i would never get to enter
1: no i mean i'm I mean, i'm gonna like, ask you, you i gotta ask you how'd you get the gig
4: I, through a friend, through, a buddy who had did it, who got it through a friend. And I met, I went and met with the guy and he knew I was an actor and he was like, okay. And then I, you know, we, we, it wasn't, yeah, it's just word of mouth a lot of times, you know, builds trust.
1: That's a hell, how did it pay?
4: It was 50 bucks an hour. At the time, it was like amazing. I had a day job, which didn't pay well, but I had insurance, but I would sneak out or, you know, I'd be like, hey, I have to leave early because it was only a couple of times a month you know, but it was 50 bucks an hour for, you know, a a good six to eight hour day, uh, you know, so.
1: Dude, that is like, you have so many nuggets like that in your <laughs> in your history. It's crazy. <laughs> if you keep digging, Ted just gives more and more. <laughs> he is, a, there was a clip of the baby hostage situation on your Twitter trumpet cake. You, you are, Ted is my like, if I have to pick one person to follow that's like consistently funny, that doesn't like go on weird tangents or like <laughs> at celebrities that he doesn't know, and, like the, Ted is a consistent good follow. You're so creative and funny. You're
4: and sweet.
1: I'm like, I just, I die for that. Like who else would we know that has done hostage negotiating for the city of New York like as in a... Come on, like, let's get you better. Like, I like it when my esthetician goes to those classes because I'm like, you're staying on top of it. I like that. You're continuing your education. Who knew? That's an SVU episode I want to see is like, they all go into the negotiation acting session. And then it turns out that the actor was molested.
4: Yes. No, I've, I've, I've often thought like, how could I turn this into?
1: There's so many things there. There are so many things. Let's talk, my friend. The night that Shanann returns from Arizona, we see some footage from the POV of their ring doorbell. And, like, as you guys know, the ring doorbell was a thing. Um, Then when, like, right up as she's about to enter the home, Shanann gets to the door and then her body just sort of vanishes. And it's like... We're going to f- vanish. us. funny that I should use that word. It's like then she she sort of disappears like a, a ghost, I guess. And then we cut to black and we hear the beginning of like a police radio call. Um, I do think it's very interesting how this worked, that Amber lived right next door, but she drove Shanann into her driveway, pulled out yeah. and then pulled around to her house. I mean, I guess that just goes to show that. Amber slash Nicole was like an incredibly attentive and thoughtful friend. Were um, they were
4: they right next door?
1: I think I mean they were neighbors in yeah, this sure. movie. They okay, so it's it's not completely clear to me. It seems like the neighbor was not the next door neighbor that had the the footage, the footage of his truck was not married to Nicole, but I thought that they were married. I kind of thought that was – they seemed like a good couple. Like, yeah. if things don't work out, I mean, <laughs> maybe the two of them can get together because they seem to have their, you know, minds in the right places. Um, but Nicole and her teenage son were in the driveway the next day. We're going to hear, like, the police being called, and then we're going to see um, Nicole slash Amber uh, and her teenage son. The teenage son is in the mix.
4: Well in the in the um in the real footage, uh I think it was harder for me to tell who the son was, like in the actual body cam footage. Like this they make it very clear here the the age difference. In the in the in the original footage, I think I was so distracted that I couldn't I think there was a moment of like, is that her husband who is that? Like yeah. and maybe I'm just no.
1: no, it's very like um it's very so like flyover at. state teen. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. God, is that terrible to say? He just looks like he looks like honestly. What I said to Sammy was that he looks like maybe a nineteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old boy that has literally no reason to care about this except that he's a good kid and he understands the severity of the situation. Like, yeah, that seems to be the thing. Is that right away? Fucking everyone turns on Chris like it was like no dog we were here for Shanann you're nobody and I I mean I think that's pretty amazing like just the way that they really stood up for her and the teen son sold it for me like I was like even the teenager cares okay this guy's a fucking monster yeah
0: you must be
3: Amber
1: yeah
2: hi
3: so what's going on
1: um, so, uh,
2: my friend Shanann and I were on a business trip this weekend. I just dropped her off at 2 a.m. this morning.
3: All right. Uh,
2: she's 15 weeks pregnant and, um, well, she felt really bad all weekend. She wasn't eating or drinking normally. So she had a doctor's appointment this morning at nine. Uh, I asked if she needed me to take her cause she has two little girls. Um, she's very distraught, uh, cause well, she and her husband were having issues but uh, supposedly they're separating but I didn't know that until I talked to him this morning when I called him because I was like have you talked to Shanann or, or seen her since she left for work because um, you know I, I can't get a hold of her I have called I have texted and her, her car's in the garage her shoes that she wears like literally every single day are at the front door um, I called the doctor's office and uh, she didn't show up for her appointment
3: the husband's on the way
2: Yeah, he says he's 45 minutes out, but he said that a long time ago. I I don't know what's taking so long. You can't just enter?
3: No, I need permission from the homeowner. Doesn't change anything that she's pregnant? No, uh, the grandparents could have taken her and the kids somewhere. Her phone could be dead. If I saw her laying on the ground, it'd be different, but I just can't violate the homeowner's rights.
2: Ah, okay. All right, that'll work That's him. That's Chris. That's Chris's truck.
3: Is this the only car she would drive?
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, car seats are here.
3: (sighs) You mind if I come in, Chris? Can we take a look upstairs? I just want to make sure she isn't passed out somewhere. Yeah. I found her phone.
2: Her her phone's here? Yeah. Her phone's here.
3: It was under that pillow there, I think.
2: She doesn't go anywhere without her phone.
3: Do you know her passcode? Used to be two three eight six, but now it's six digits.
2: The baby's due date. Um, could she have gone to the pool?
3: To the pool? There's a little rec center down there. Uh, you want me to go check her? Are you going through any marital issues? We're separated.
2: You shouldn't tell me that. You
3: tell me. Have you filed yet? No, we're still trying to figure out what we're doing with the house. How's that going so far? Civil? <laughs> yeah, well, civil. What's that? We found her wedding ring. Told you she wanted to leave me. All right. Well, maybe we should just head next door then.
1: What for? So Mm. everything is right about the way that they made this. Chris Watts is he handles this so fucking poorly. Like the first thing you do when you're looking for someone missing in a house is you run upstairs, right? The bedrooms, like the areas where you're most living he walks in and he looks to the pantry like the pantry. as if they'd all be hiding in the pantry and doesn't this is call some out sort of or joke. say a word never says anything never like he's never concerned we were saying that when he looks upstairs in the bedrooms like he doesn't even go to the second door almost being like oh that's a junk room like there wouldn't be anything in there like he's using the house with his common knowledge as a person who is living there and there's no mystery, but he's faith, like he's there to solve a fucking mystery. Where's his wife?
4: Yeah, there's no, there's no uh, urgency. It's like he's doing a walkthrough on like a property site, like
1: that. 100%. And like even the, the cop says like, oh, shouldn't we go upstairs and see, like, or do you mind if I go upstairs and see if they're struggling? Like, and he's like, yeah, sure, go for it. Like, so casual, almost playing it too cool. But I think the big question is, is why the fuck, and we still don't know, did he go into Shanann's car before he went into the house?
4: Yeah. A
1: lot of people suspect that he was getting the ring.
4: Uh, okay.
1: Like, maybe your car was in her ring for some reason. Like, let's say he was taking her body out to his truck and he realized, oh shit, she still has her ring on. And so he opened the car door next to him and put the ring in the car
3: interesting
1: and the i mean just the way he's <laughs> fucking he's like yeah her phone's here yep left her ring told you she wanted to leave me like he is so confident that this is playing out in his favor
4: yeah it's interesting about the car, thinking about the car because i almost took it almost like just like the pantry like just like oh here's a place i look uh, like uh, like you know like just going through the motions of looking no
1: he took something out of the car like it was like before he he went into the house he opened the door he almost looked like annoyed like he was coming home because the alarm went off and like yeah yeah. he was like oh all right yeah going to the house going through the motions go to the garage and then he went to Shannon's car and opened the door, took something out and no one saw what it was. And like, it's amazing with all the footage they have in this and all of the confessions and details they have. They don't know what the med, like what the item was. I was going to say medication because I was like, maybe it's the oxy. Um, yeah. he claims, by the way, that the oxy that she took, they had had in their basement. He found it in the basement. Oh, come on. And I'm like, why? For, like
4: when they moved in?
1: Yeah. No, like like he found it like in a box in the basement, like like when he was cleaning things out and like getting the house into shape. And then he later told someone that he would take this secret of who he got the oxy from to the grave. Oh. So, mm-hmm. what if he got it from his parents? Ooh. Because they're older, right? Mm -hmm, They probably mm -hmm. know very sick people. Mm -hmm. I mean, trust me, I love the salacious idea that he got this from his gay lover. But that is a little bit more of a of a reach. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, with if we're going to go back to the lover, just while we're entertaining the idea of the medication, not the scene we just saw. I think that maybe he could have gotten like Nicole could have obtained the pills from him. And then when this turned into something, he, as someone who loves the limelight, was like, let me figure out a way to insert myself in here as, like, maybe being the star. Like, maybe I'm not – maybe – because another woman came forward and said that she had met Chris on Match or eHarmony and they had hooked up on there. Yeah. And that's – so that's up for debate, too, about whether or not Nicole was his only mistress and if he hadn't had, like, one-offs with other women.
4: Wow. I knew I would learn some things tonight. It's then, crazy. Yeah.
1: Too much. So, yeah. The entire time he's watching the video, he's defending himself. He's not even a good enough actor to pretend he doesn't know what happened. Like, the whole time he's, like, being like, he's not He's not ever at any point, like, oh, well, was there motion after I left? Like, he's critiquing this scene of his truck pulling in for work. Like, it's the only thing that happened on that camera that day, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, well, wait, like, that's impossible. You can't leave the front door without the with the camera going off. She must have gone out the back door. Like, he's not even throwing out, like, little suggestions like that, which goes to show, like, how little he thought about all of this. Yeah. Or how scarily dumb he is because mm,
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: there is a lot that sort of implies that nicole knew more about this than she claimed to have known she ran straight to the police and gave it all up but um i think that she was involved in this in some ways i think that she really like made him believe that if they wanted to be together this was the only way out
4: interesting Interesting.
1: Um, I yeah, don't
4: know. I, I don't. I. I. I'm only like I, I haven't done as much research, so it's hard to. I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, say that's.
1: I also, impossible. I also am hesitant to throw the other woman under the bus, just because I think this is Chris's fault at the end of the day. But Nicole's an interesting character, Um and I think I might have some other fun facts about her. Um, that need to be born out of my head as I continue to read these notes. Okay, so um, one thing they didn't include in this is how the neighbor who had the video said to the cop right after Chris left. He looks at him and goes, "He's not acting right, like he's not." And the cop is like, "Oh, ri- uh huh." And the cop like sort of plays it down, like he's like he's taking it in. But he doesn't show, like, really. Like, he doesn't do that. And I thought that was a great moment just because, like, he was so ready to just do the right thing. He didn't give it. The neighbor was like, he didn't want to defend Chris. He was like, you know what? He, this isn't normal for him. Which, for someone who's such an unremarkable character, it's hard to imagine what a not normal is for him. But for the neighbor who sort of casually knew him in passing to know that, and for Nicole... or uh amber who's a better friend to her like they all like immediately turned on him and i think that's i don't know i just think it's so interesting yeah um so we're gonna cut back to basically where we started which is chris giving an interview to the local news about shenan's disappearance again it's the scott peterson sort of deal um he chris uh Again, it's not arrogance with him. It comes off as pure stupidity. I don't think he did this to, as a, as a matter of like pride or anything else. I think that, and I think you can tell that sort of in his performance is that it was so something that he didn't know how to interact with. Um, Oh, this is the thing. So the big tell in this interview was he said when he came home the night after the murder, that the night before this interview, That the house felt like a quote unquote ghost Ghost town. town. And then he also said she just vanished and vanished was a word that the press really grabbed onto. Um, and people consider that to be like a really loaded choice of words. I probably honestly, when I look at that, I'm like, I probably would say like vanished. I'd be like, it's like they vanished. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. I just think that he, I think that he is dumb enough that he would have stolen it from like a 2020 yeah it was a you know they just vanished overnight like thinking that yeah it's like he's
4: mimicking like a smarter person trying to get away with this like just how to act innocent on camera yeah but he's just not realizing he's just stammering his way through it like uh you know
1: Josh Mankiewicz ain't showing up, honey. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you're in on this on your own, okay? You're in Keith
4: Morrison town. You wish <laughs> you
1: had some Keith Morrison action in your life. No one's better than Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison appreciation. Mm-hmm. So um, he finishes up the interview as the cadaver dogs are going to the house oof, I'm sweating. Um, And he gets a text that takes his attention away for a moment. We'll find out later. Yes, he was texting Nicole throughout this entire day while all of this is happening. Nikki, we see, though, in this movie, she's at home and she's watching this interview and we see her slam her laptop shut and she's distraught. Like, she's like, not my man, not Chris. Um, Here's the other thing about Nicole, right? She was already Googling Do people like Amber Frey, Scott Peterson's mistress? Amber Frey book deal. So right away... What? She's trying to figure out her marketing strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a whole thing is like her Google searches immediately started to... While two weeks prior, she was Googling wedding dresses. Now, all of a sudden, she's Googling... Amber you Frey know can deal. how am i going to how am i going to look in this but the thing obviously with Amber Frey is that she was stunned the reason why we love Amber Frey is because she came forward and she didn't need to we probably would have especially in that day and age never have found out that Amber Frey existed but she was the one who came forward and like blew that up that is not what happened with Nicole like we all knew he Chris is a dirty dog. So he's FaceTiming with Nicole, and he's on Cece's bed, okay, upset. And he tells her, she's like, stop lying. Where were you on Monday? And he's like, there was a leak at the site. And she's like, where are you? And he's like, on Cece's bed. Where are the sheets? The sheets are in the wash because they were stinking. (laughs) Okay. And, like, by the way, Shanann looks like someone who changes sheets, like, biweekly. Like, that woman's striving it up fucking washing this. You know, she strips those beds every week. Mm -hmm. So once they hang up, there's, she's just there like panicking for a moment. We see her sort of having like a crisis. Um, And this is all, again, what people were really upset about on Reddit and all the other places I looked, the YouTube videos I watched is like, Nicole wasn't concerned for anything but herself. And that seems to be the popular attitude is like when she goes in on these interviews, Basically, you know, she won't even say Shanann's name. She'll be like, she refers to it as like, instead of Shanann's car, she'll be like, oh, that house or mm. that car. Like, she doesn't say like Shanann's car or their house. Like, she ref- basically makes it sound almost like Shanann's the other woman. Mm. And she, you know, is again, s- shows signs of being flattered that maybe he would kill his wife to be with her. Um she basically not makes Shanann sound like.
4: Not good optics.
1: Oh, just, it's, it's like, it's a bad scene. And the other thing too is that when she came forward to the police, and this also doesn't make it into the movie, is that she went in to do an interview, like, on her own will. Like, she went in and presented this part of it. And she brought her dad. And her dad is not a lawyer, from what I've been able to suss out. But he does sound like someone who went to law school. Like maybe he passed the bar and he doesn't have like his license up to date. But like he would stop the detectives who were asking her questions and being like, I feel like you're asking leading questions. And her whole concern when they were talking about taking her phone and looking at stuff was she was like, my nudes are going to get leaked. Like, I can't handle this. If the press gets my nudes, like, what, like, what's going to happen to me? What's my job going to be like? I can never show my face again in public.
4: You can't go to the lazy dog. Yes. Yeah, she good is menu.
1: not welcome back to the lazy dog. And like, it is true. Dog, like, lazy dog. Like, it's true. Like, she cannot. She was staying with some family member that, like, and her whole concern was like, are people going to find me? And they were like, well, we don't even know where you are. But if you're staying with a family member, it's probably only a matter of time. She was only concerned about herself throughout this whole thing, as if she was like public enemy number one at any point. Mm. It's that whole like... Is someone going to kill me? It's like you're not that special. Even you, Nicole, who's at the center of this whole thing.
4: Well, it's like she's the star of her own show, so she's the victim here. And
1: Totally. Yeah. But maybe she thought she was playing it. This was a good way to play it.
4: But uh, what's the end game for her?
1: I mean, it's misguided.
4: Why is, why is it a good way to play it? Because she can...
1: Because I think that she is trying to distance herself from the situation and make herself seem more caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Because she, despite the fact that we now know that she had been Googling Shanann for like a year before she and Chris ever got together. Yeah,
4: that's bananas.
1: She made it seem like she didn't know until they were like dating for like a week or so that he was even still in a relationship. She... Had trouble saying her name. Like,
4: I mean, it is a hard name to pronounce,
1: which is true. Here's a little tea on that. So there was a friend of Chris's who we can only take that so far. Like that only means so much, but he said that Shanann's mom would pronounce her name Shannon and that Shanann Made it S H A apostrophe A N N instead of like S H A A N N, which is I think just regular how, sh- how she spelled it. Mm-hmm. She made it that after her first, I think she was divorced. So like after her first divorce or first like major relationship, part, like pardon me if I'm wrong. I'm I do believe she was this was her second marriage. She added the apostrophe like as a like a new yeah new me
4: yeah yeah instead of Shannon. It's, I'm Shanann.
1: Shanann. um, it gives it a little flair. Yeah, a little touch. Eddie. Eddie. <laughs>
4: Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. I, what is this? Eddie? Oh my
1: God. <laughs> um, so we're back in the investigation room and the table is set up with four chairs and the table's up against the wall, like the shorter end of the table. And Tammy is sitting across from Chris at on the, um, sides facing basically towards the door away from the wall. And then when Tammy comes back in, she sits down in the seat that she was, and then the new detective, whose name I think she says is Chris at one point, but I think it's like detective um it
4: is what is uh
1: Eddie, no. It's um, Officer
4: Conrad.
1: Officer Conrad, okay. So I Let's think th- see, I think his name might have been Chris too, because there's like two Chris's and two Nicole's in this story.
4: Yeah, okay, that would make sense.
1: Because when Tammy comes back in, she's like, I brought Chris in, and so, okay, so Officer Conrad um basically comes up to Chris, who's sitting on the opposite side of the table from Tammy, and says to him, can I sit next to you, which makes Chris Watts scooch down a seat, so... This is like classic psychological manipulation is making the person that's being interrogated feel like they are physically, literally boxed in. Boxing
4: them in, yep.
1: I can't, I mean, I would like to think that after all of the video I've watched of these things that I would kill it. Like, I would like to think that I would stick that landing. Like, I would just kill it. I'd be like, "Uh, nope, I'm not boxed in. I would like go to some psychological place. But like, it takes a real, it takes a real calculated person to get that far it's like you can't
4: it's so hard to be i was in a bally's a bally's gym this is 20 25 years ago but I, i took a free tour with a buddy and they they got me in the then they got us in the office and it was like the guy they were trying to sell us membership it was the guy behind the desk and then these two other muscle men and it and they they basically just bullied us into joining ballys, and thankfully I was smart enough to look at the contract and see that I could get out of it, you know. But like they were not letting us leave that room until we signed up for a year membership, and uh, it's just it's it's very hard.
1: It, it's not hard to- not to join. Not only are you joining, bitch, but. <laughs> Like, try to cancel that. Like, you literally, short of calling your credit card company and reporting fraud, like, there is, like, it is so difficult to quit. It's like, when you call Time Warner or whatever and you say, like, I want to cancel my cable and they're just like, how about free cable for a year with all the movie channels? (laughs) And you're like, all right, fine. And like, meanwhile, you're paying for that box every month or whatever. It is it is such a scam and such a racket. And honestly, those are thrive tactics. That's some MLM shit.
4: Yeah. What do yeah. you
1: think the manager gets? Like, do you think that they do it by like how many memberships you can get a month, and then you get up the at ballys, for example?
4: Oh, I mean, yeah. It's I mean, it's 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 a good question. It's hard It's like cars, car sales. It's like, but like, but but so much less.
1: <laughs> right, right. And it was like, you know,
4: I was 22 or something crazy. You know, like, uh, yeah. It we was- all
1: have such high hopes when we're joining gyms.
4: Uh, yeah.
1: I, like, remember... I think- oh, sorry, go ahead.
4: No, no, no. I was just going to say, I don't think... I currently belong to a gym in where I work that's very reasonable and very accessible. But I haven't joined one. I've never been a member to it it's since the Bally's incident. That's what where.
1: We- uh, where do you? Where's your office now?
4: Area Burbank. Burbank. Burbank.
1: Burbank. Okay, I was gonna say the classic is that Gold's Gym in Hollywood. That's mm. like the classic, like affordable slash like. I know from my gay BFF, it's like kind of a meat market, but like it's like a hipster meat market and a weird like. Are you a Hollywood gay working out? Or are you, like, a dad? Or yeah. are you just, like, some random guy who does steroids? Or, like, you know, are you some local girl like me who's lost and joined a gym? Like, I – okay, Ted, I joined the LA Fitness by the Light. Like, you always have such great hopes for yourself, right? Like, I, when I got my job at Two Broke Girls, I was like, oh, my God. I am, like, fucking killing it in my new Corolla. <laughs> and I am going to drive – to the ArcLight, and I'm going to get that LA Fitness membership right next to the ArcLight, and that's going to be my life. I'm just going to go see movies at the ArcLight and then go pump iron, okay? So, I join, and I join partially just because they have a pool because I love, like, to swim. That was my growing up thing, and it's, like, the best workout for your body, right? So, I was like, I'm going to join the LA Fitness by the ArcLight. I join... I, like, go and, like, bring my gym bag that day to work out for, like, an hour. I was there for, like, 30 minutes and I just – I can't handle being watched because I have really long limbs and I know everything I do looks fucking awkward. Like, I need to work out, like, in prison. Like, I need to work out in a place where, like, no one's fucking looking at me, right? And so I turn around after 20 minutes and I quit the gym. I was like, hi, I just joined like an hour ago. I want to quit. And I got out of it. And that was probably the easiest and only way you can get in and out of a gym contract is if you quit after being there for half an hour.
4: And if you show them, like if you get up there and they get to see you I was around. like, look,
1: I tried the elliptical in front of all these people. I'm freaked out and I want to go home. <laughs> Like I'll buy a lipped and iced tea from the fucking vending machine before I leave, and that's it. That's all you're gonna get from me. Um But I will say that is a nice con to run. Like if mm. you if you have a credit card that can like pass the test, you're gonna get that refund on the first day. Maybe driving around LA and joining different gyms for 24 hours. Maybe there's something in that.
4: Absolutely. Think
1: about it. A guys. documentary,
4: if nothing mm. else.
1: I do want to tell you about this while we're on the topic of Amway, which we talked about three hours ago. Um, I have found a great way to do Amway. That's not Amway. Um, extreme couponing. Now, I found out that a lot of women, and this is my, my thought. If you're thinking about joining something like Amway, I have found out that there's these extreme couponers. That coupon so hard and get so much free stuff that they have like weekly yard sales where they sell all of the dial soaps and all of the whatever else to their neighbors at like three two to three dollars cheaper than they sell it in the store. And the neighbors come out like crazy. They're buying up the soap and all that stuff. And all of this stuff is are things that they basically got for free from couponing. I think that that's the most brilliant idea in America. If you're going to spend all that time like doing the Facebook, recruiting people from high school, if you're going to spend all that time doing that, you got to just extreme coupon.
4: Yeah. And there's shows, there's shows now, right? That have been on Facebook. That's how I found out about
1: the, the yard sales. Wow. Isn't that so smart? Because they always show people, like, basically doing disaster preparedness, but, like, it's not.
4: or, like, yeah, or hoarding and then, like, having to front and throw out, like, or whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that almost, almost makes it worthwhile.
1: I mean, (laughs) if you've got to throw 40 hours a week into something, at least make it something where you're almost definitely going to be profitable. Yeah. Oh, yes. Have you seen the LuLaRoe shit? Like if you, Vice did a documentary about it. It's like this company where you just buy patterned dresses and leggings and stuff and you have no say kind of over what comes to you. And you have to spend, I think, $1,500 to get in on the ground floor. And then at least half of the stuff you're going to get is like hideous. And per every lot that you get, there's maybe two to three items that are called quote unquote unicorns which means they're highly sought-after items with, like, perfect patterns because a lot of the times the patterns are not lined up. So it's very big in, like, the fundy community or, like, the Mormon community or, like, places where you need to dress conservatively, but, like, pulling off a pattern is really fun. So they get all these wives in on it, and LuLaRoe bankrupts these families, like, fucking crazy, allegedly, like, I can't say for sure – But go online and look like it's these women wind up with like so much like fabric. I can't imagine if they like how many patches they were sitting on in that house (laughs) because you have to invest thousands into the to the product in order to be able to sell it. And then a lot of the times, obviously, they put in a lot of filler product. Like what if Shanann wound up with like, you know, 100 lemon bars and when birthday cake bars are the ones that sell the most popular.
4: Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to be burying those it's a lemon bars. Vicious
1: cycle. It's a vicious cycle.
4: I have to look that up.
1: Um, okay. So she does say to Chris at this point, basically that they knew all about Nicole the whole time. Um, they knew all this shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. He is lying. Then they start to do this great trick that makes so much sense to me now that I've seen it play out in real life. Um, which is that they, basically start to give him different examples of things that could have happened, right? Like, maybe, you know, you seem like a really good guy, appeal to the ego. You seem like a really good guy. Maybe, you know, you walked in on Shanann hurting the kids and you wanted to cover for her. Or maybe, you know... You saw her abusing the kids in this way, and you were angry, and you had to. So, they start to throw out some scenarios that will make his dumbass mind think to himself, okay, if I can roll with a story like that, yeah, like I can, I'll make myself sound like less of an asshole.
4: I had in my notes the pin it on Shanann angle.
1: Yeah. And you're still going to prison for fucking life. Like, let's get real about one thing. That is truly appealing to a narcissist because you're just trying Because to- you're
4: the hero mm-hmm. in that scenario.
1: Absolutely. Um, like, I
4: sacrificed myself for my kids. Look at this monster was attacking my kids and I, I stopped her. Well, I didn't, but I tried.
1: Yeah, like oh, it was re- it was like revenge. It was an act of revenge. It was a snap moment, like where you just were like, I'm gonna do the same thing to her that she did to the kids, and he completely caves when this happens. Um,
4: just quickly before that, right before that, he uh, he they tell him he failed the polygraph, and he says, um, Tammy, he denies everything. Still, she says, Tammy says that eventually he'll tell the truth um he admits cheating on her on on shenan but says i did not hurt her i fell in love with someone else and then they say chris in the interview today you weren't asked about infidelity nikki called and told us everything um and then and then uh tammy lee's like you've been here for hours you haven't shed one tear over your girls
1: yeah i mean he's a piece of shit It is true, though. I do wonder what Nikki has like said, though, because when she when they say she said everything, everything. they could have gotten so much more out of him. I bet. Like he really, that was some faith he had in her, and he's still loyal to her. He could, I mean, I think there's a lot he could throw her under the bus for that he just chooses not to. Um, he did say in his post prison confession that are in his prison confession whatever that he never cried for shenan until their first anniversary when he was in prison <laughs> yeah huh. he was like i cried i cried about the girls he said he never cried for Shanann which is just i mean how do you Uh, They should have been divorced. Like these were. I mean, yes. Well, yeah, and
4: then and then I cried at their our first anniversary. It's like that just smacks of like just telling tales. Like you cried because you got caught, dude.
1: Totally, totally. Also, like date, like people get hung up on dates. I'm like,
4: yeah, that's just like some just that's narcissism you're again. looking
1: back on the day that you married this girl and now you killed her and you feel bad for the young version of yourself that had the whole world ahead of him and you fucking botched it um so tammy goes out to the hallway at one point to check on um, mr watts chris's dad who's Ed- eddie. Smooth eddie <laughs> Who's snoozing in the hallway. Again, these people are, like, literally, like, these are the questions people ask. Like, who can sleep during something like this? Who can be concerned about X, Y, or Z during something like this? These fucking people. So, when Tammy wakes him up, this happens a little bit earlier, um, but we'll just, like, cut back to it. So, when she wakes him up, he immediately starts telling Tammy, you know, like, Shanann would do, you know, Shanann is someone who would pull something like this she's gonna come home and she you know he still thinks shenan's alive and that she's just being a she bitch
4: ran off
1: mm-hmm. so um when chris is about to cave in the um in, in interrogation room he says to the cops like listen can i just see my dad he like flew all the way out here i would really like to talk to him so um the cop says to him right before he leaves um Chris, your dad is not going to stop loving you no matter what you tell him. You're his son. I don't know if he was dumb enough to not know he was being filmed, but he gives a diet confession to his dad. Yeah. I think he does know, and that's why he asked for his dad.
4: Just because he doesn't want to give it to them?
1: I think he thought, like, if I could just tell my dad... Like Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Feed two birds with one scone. Like, he literally is like, I, if I tell it to my dad, it's going to sound more human and they're going to hear it. And all they're going to hear is me telling my dad. Sure.
4: sure. Right? I don't yeah. know. No, that's, Maybe. Fa- that's fascinating.
1: What we should talk about also is his leather flip flop. He's such a fucking leather flip-flop boy. Like I just want to say that. Yeah,
4: and a tippity tip tap tippin' and tapping and tippity tapping.
1: I forgot to mention that earlier, but like when you see a leather flip-flop, that's Pritz Watts as a person. So um he tells his dad (laughs) what happened. They cut the footage. Um They cut him, like, sort of describing this to footage of his dad leaving the room. Staggering. And he is, like, can bear. Yeah, he... We end... We cut to the commercial break with him sort of falling into the lockers where the policemen keep stuff. Um... (laughs) So we come back from the commercial and we see that the big oil tower things are looming as if we're laying on the ground looking up at them and we hear the detective's voice telling Chris and they talking to Chris in the interrogation room and they tell him that they know he was at work that morning so that must be where the bodies are too. They have a picture of the site for him and they tell him that they know her body is out there and they need to recover it as soon as possible and they hand him a pen Then we see cadaver dogs sniffing around in the field and we cut back to the interrogation room. They're all sitting there in silence when Chris um, breaks with his false confession.
3: Cece was just sprawled out. And that's when I saw Shan on the baby monitor on top of Bella. And I ran in there. She was on top of her strength. Yeah. When I get in there, Bella's just not moving. So I pulled Shanann off, and I just, I got lost it. In... After you argued, did you, did you have any inkling that Shanann would do something like this? No. No. We love those girls. My family members told me that she was unstable, but I didn't think she was capable of anything like this. Okay, so then what happened? I loaded the bodies into the truck. And, uh, drove the work site. I buried Shanahan. And where are the girls? I wasn't thinking. I took them out i put each one of them into a tank in the tanks what's in them a mixture of oil and water remember when you first sat down here i told you i was gonna get to the truth it's my job this is the truth i think we're close but we're not quite there i didn't hurt those girls they found the bodies so, what happens when it comes back? And the evidence is against you? Come well, on. sure? I'm 100% sure. A Christian now seemed like a good mom. I'm a pretty good dad. When you saw her choking your babies, did you ever think to call an ambulance? You can imagine we're pretty cynical about these things, right? And it it really does look like you wanted to have a new life and the only way to get it was to kill the kids before Janan got home. If I come into a room and my kid's been decapitated, I still call the ambulance it just doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. So, you're either... A monster who says, I want this hot girlfriend, so I'll just kill everybody and hope it turns out or something else. now chris did you face the wall here then
1: i let everyone down so it comes on the news i mean know. Uh, let's just like sort of address some of this i guess this movie's fucking good like it's hard to lull about like truly because i'm i'm gripped by it and i know like the in terms of like cinematic movies is actually seeing this one guy um break this movie down his movie was, his um video was called something like 31 Things Wrong with this Lifetime Movie and apparently he wasn't familiar with like Lifetime Movies so he started the video with like showing the Urban Dictionary mm-hmm. definition for a Lifetime Movie Bad where he's like people know these movies are not good <laughs> and he's like explaining this to his audience And it's, like, really – it's really interesting to see from the perspective of someone who does this because I'm, like, I know that this is, like, the best it's going to get for a version of this. But it's – so, for people at home who watch this and were, like, so disappointed this was given this treatment, don't worry. There will probably be a much better movie made about this in the future. But Lifetime wants to give us what the people crave.
4: Yeah, and they – I got to say, like having been through this process a number of times now, this is exceptional.
1: It is really, really good. And I think they know they have to bring it for stuff like this. They phoned in Operation Varsity Blues, which is something I'm not thrilled about. 'Cause I think that's so juicy and we should at least get to the part where Aunt Becky goes to prison before we put that movie out.
4: And is that that's are they all based? No, no. Well, they're not all no, based. No, they're not they?
1: all based. But these are their obviously. like big events. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the
4: Was Varsity Blues a real thing?
1: Yeah, it's the Lori Laughlin um uh college admission scandal. Oh, and holy that was molly. called Operations Operation Varsity Blues, and I think it they called the movie like College Admissions Scandal or something. Which Yes, a lot Untitled of people... Lori
4: Loughlin Project.
1: <laughs> I think a lot, of, a lot of people wanted to see that movie, so they were quick to get it out. I got gotcha. Same thing with the Michelle Carter movie. And when we look back on a lot of these movies, like I think the Pamela Smart movie was put out probably in a similar... When you account for um, inflation, probably a similar <laughs> amount of time in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and people might have been equally upset about that movie at the time as well because it showed Pamela Smart in a sympathetic light Um, so maybe this movie will age well or maybe we'll get the big screen version that we all want which I think is probably gonna be true just because of the thrive of of it all and like the MLM of it all I feel like that's something that Hollywood would love to they would love to do their bombshell version of this Mm -hmm. did you see bombshell I haven't yet. I'll never look at Charlize Theron the same way again. Like she's always been an amazing actress, but when she puts on a full body Megan Kelly suit, it's like you're truly like, oh my god! Like not only is she good, it's scary. Like, it- it's fuck. It's bone chilling, dog. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very good in that movie. I know a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like it. I'm a performance whore. Like, I live for an amazing performance. So.
4: Well, and I like that true element. Like, I, you know, and, and Jay Roach. I I just, I, I'm interested in it for sure. I just Mm -hmm. haven't seen it yet.
1: When else are people like you and I going to get inside Fox News? You know, that's our glimpse into it. I'm waiting for my View movie. That's all I care about is oh. the fucking View movie. Wow. So um, we see a memorial has been set up um, for the kids and Shannon outside the house. Chris is being carted off to prison. We get a little commercial moment. We come back from the commercial. It's post-trial, and Chris has already been sentenced to life. Tammy and the other detective are waiting for him in the... I guess they called it the computer room at this prison. Um, and that's something I heard later is like they met in what was called the computer room. And there was these little dividers around the room, remember, in school, like so you couldn't peek at someone else's computer. And there's no computers in it because it's fucking prison and prison is miserable. Mm. So he comes into the room. He's surprised to see them, which is it's shocking to me that you could get all the way to the other side of the prison without knowing who you're going to meet. Yeah,
4: that's well, yeah. person be
1: like that you know um tammy tells him he looks different and he's like yeah but to shave in here again appealing to his ego this is a man who lost 65 pounds and sammy and i were talking about this previously Sammy's like a guest star on this podcast (laughs) as always but like we were talking about this and i said you know losing 65 pounds isn't enough to turn someone into a crazy fucking narcissist but I did lose 60 pounds in college. And like, I will tell you something. It doesn't turn you into a narcissist, but it makes you very supremely aware of your body and like also how others view you. Yeah. And it's like almost, it's actually heartbreaking. Like when you lose a, bun- a bunch of weight and then all of a sudden you see that like doors open more easily for you. It's heartbreaking. Um, but yeah. It's, it's something that once you sort of get that fix, like, you want to keep chasing it. And so, Tammy's smart. She goes right in with a, you know, you look great, no facial hair, whatever. Um, twinning. Um, <laughs> Ted just shaved his beard off, you guys, if you've noticed anything different about him. <laughs> it's um,
4: a, you can hear it.
1: Yeah. Um, they ask him how he is, and he's like, pretty good. How are you guys? Uh, <laughs> The detective tells them that he uh, to put his fears to the side, his uh, case is closed. They're not looking for any more charges. They just want some answers about what happened that night. God bless. Like, I appreciate them going for this so much because America wanted fucking answers. Um Everyone that they talked to said that they didn't see this coming with Chris. And Tammy says that maybe there are some things he'd like to get off of his chest. It could bring a peace of mind to him and everyone else involved. This is like the murder. Um, as told by him, a lot of people still to this day, and I agree, refute that this is even remotely how this went. Um, and his own statements within this contradict a little bit. Um, I wish that like we could play this whole, part through for a couple reasons but i we don't want to one cuz it's long and graphic to some extent but this is also the part of the movie that we came for. We came for, like, a movie with a confession. This is, like, where exactly. the... It's, like, you almost forget that you came for, like, whatever came after the colon in a movie like this. Like, we're waiting for the confessions of a killer. We've already been wrapped it's up in, the in this title. whole story. Exactly. There's probably a lot of people that follow this case that don't even know about the details from that night. And no one knows about the details from that night. This episode of Mother May I Sleep With podcast is brought to you by Best Fiends. As you guys know, I am somewhat of a workaholic, but even I need a break, so when I feel like I need a mental palate cleanser, my go to is the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a game anyone can play right on their phone. You don't need to be on Wi Fi to play, so you can do it pretty much anywhere. It's my go to when I have spotty or no Wi Fi, and I'm really looking forward to using it on the plane during my upcoming trips. It's really cool because you go through all these levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain. But at the same time, it's casual. Anyone can play, and it's really fun. I just made it to level 30, and I only started a few days ago. I love that it doesn't take up a ton of my time, but it's great in that it fills up those moments where you wish you had something to do besides scrolling through social media over and over again. I love playing Best Fiends in waiting rooms, at the doctor, the vet, before a meeting. Those moments where you have to be ready at some point, but the moments in between, they feel like they take forever not if you're playing a fun puzzle game that takes your mind off of things. The game is also visually stimulating with its bright colors and cute characters, and Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. It's a great game to engage your brain with fun puzzles, and did I mention you get to collect tons of cute characters too? Best Fiends is a 5-star rated mobile puzzle game on the Apple App Store and Google Play, and you can download it for free. That's friends without the R best fiends so after the two of them you know have sex in the room after she got home she snuggles up on Chris um he comes out of the bathroom dressed for work and Shanann is sleeping
3: Shan
2: Shan um, uh, we need to talk what it's a middle of the night there.
3: Shan we need to talk now Now, Shan, now.
2: Ow! What are you doing? That didn't feel right. What? Ow! Like sex with your wife didn't feel right? What are you talking about? It felt like a
3: test, Shan.
2: You're crazy. Get off me. This is gonna hurt the baby. Get off of me. Get off! Get off! Get off of me!
3: Say it. Say it! Say it! Say it! There's someone else.
2: What's your name? Nikki? You know, I knew it. I knew! Last night with the credit card charges, that was you guys, right? You're disgusting!
3: I'm sorry, Shannon. I don't know what got into me.
2: When did this start?
3: And when you went to North Carolina. You're pathetic. Well...
2: You're a pathetic man. Well,
3: Shan, I don't know what I want. Well, I do. I want a divorce. To
2: that make you happy? Does that make it easier for you?
3: Can we be civil? There's
2: something civilized about cheating on your wife, you ass... Who do you think you are? Seriously, no, you don't get to do this to me. You don't get to do this to our girls, to our son. No, no. You make our lives hell. I'm going to make your life so much worse. Well, don't say that. that. All our friends are going to shut up. I'm going to tell everybody exactly who you are and what you did. I'm going to tell your parents. You're gonna have no friends. Between spousal support and child support, you're not gonna have two pennies to rub together. And if you think I'm gonna let our daughters hang out with that whore, you're crazy. No way, Shin. This isn't my house. No, I want you out of here. Go. I want you to leave. I want you to leave. Go. Get out. Get out. I want you out of here. Get out. Shin, you You
1: shut up. up. So I was, as a viewer, like honestly satisfied by the way that this played out because it at least made somewhat sense. I think they did the best job of like filling in the gap of what happened here based on what he said. And I actually think that while I don't believe this is what happened, I think that he managed to fill out a picture that made sense to people like how this could have happened somewhat.
4: Sure.
1: Um, It's terrible that she didn't fight back at all um because she believed that he would stop at some mm-hmm. point and w- what we see here what the the moment where he murders her like she's just she looks like shocked she looks like neve campbell like in a moment in a scream movie um it seems like he's very much snapped based on the way that this is played out here um yeah
4: and they light it very demonically with this red lighting that comes on and
1: It doesn't seem premeditated, right? Like, it seems like it was her taunting him, which, like, we'll get to the best of anyone. But especially I think men are very triggered by sort of like, you're going to have nothing. You're going to have no friends. And when we look at who Chris Watts was growing up, he was a kid that sat out all the big social events. When there were dances at school, he wouldn't go. He would sit at home on the couch with his mom and his dad. He was chubbier. He only had one or two friends. Like, he had a very sort of quiet, sheltered life, and that's the kind of dude he was. So I feel like going to a place of humiliation for him was probably extra dark. Like, it was taking him back maybe to the worst time in his life. And that's if we're going to give him any credit for his, like, emotional reaction here at all.
4: Yeah, but no, you're, I mean, what, what's quickly interesting about that is that watching just a segment of his mom being interviewed, um, in real life, she talks, oh, he played sports from ages five to 17, basketball, baseball, football. Like she made him sound like a super guy. Like, yeah. And then to hear the reality for the first time of him being chubby and kind of a homebody, um, just shows again how skewed his mom's image of him
1: I mean it makes a lot of sense right like he sees this pretty girl on Facebook who's like putting herself out there and got things going for her and she just got out of a marriage which probably to someone like Chris proves she's marriage material like in the first place and he doesn't seem like someone who's looking for much more than someone to get him through life looking slightly better than he started out Yeah, he seems like someone who was so willing to like skate to a certain extent, and then he became complacent in his marriage and completely lost it. I wish I could. I, it's you can't understand like someone who thinks like that. There's no way. But I've been go. I've been like killing myself about it for the last like few days in my head. I really don't know what his problem was. Like if you had to take your best guess as to what like he was thinking when he again puts his hands up behind his head in this movie after he finishes strangling shenan is already in his like okay like what am i gonna do next with the body like what do you think is going through his like his mind in that moment what do you think was like what do you think his fucking deal is
4: i mean i think at that point it's like. You know, it's just, it, you go, the lizard brain takes over and his, you know, it's just like, a get, gotta, gotta erase it all. I mean, he's not thinking. I mean, he's not, it's, it's, I mean, he's just like, get rid of it, you know, hide it. It's like the, the, it's ignorance mm-hmm. and panic, and not a good combination. Uh, <laughs> especially when you've committed a crime. Uh, you know, he's just not, Not thinking. It's just like, get, get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. And then, and then it's just, he's just tap dancing, like, you know, on very thin ice, just flying by the seat of his pants.
1: In American Psycho, wasn't one of his things that, like, girls would make fun of his music or, like, when someone would, like, make fun of some, some small, like, thing about him, that's when he would lose it.
4: That it's been a while, but yeah, that seems to. I
1: think that's like always was his, like his undoing was like,
4: well, especially if if he was, if he was, you know, 65 pounds heavier when he met Shanann. And, you know, like now, like through her and Thrive, he's suddenly in the best shape of his life Mm. physically. So he's attracting more women than maybe he ever has before. And, you know, and so he's just finding himself like it, it's just it's just all it's this primal ignorant bullshit that men fall into of like they can't think their way out of these things because they're just like
0: oh it feels so good
1: yeah
4: you know I got to have more there's no moderation there's no it's just they you I don't know some they can't they can't stop it. So it, not the, excusing it. It's no, no, like, no. Because it, it's just total s- stupidity.
1: I totally, I totally agree with you because I I think that Okay, so I'm gonna explain this on the other side of the break. There's um basically we go to a commercial break, um, and when we come back from it, Chris is continuing to tell Tammy and the other detective about the events of that night. Um before we start this, I just want to say at one point he says something that implies it was in fact. Premeditated that he sort of woke up with an itch that day, knowing that it would happen. Oh, yeah. And so the things that she said to him during this fight that in the movie led him to start strangling her were things about how, you know, she's going to tell all their friends and he's never going to see the kids and his parents will know and her parents will know and everyone in town and he's going to be a penniless loser. And so I think that that might have laid like if that all had come out during phone conversations and texts, I think that laid the groundwork for him maybe deciding that day and it was maybe premeditated. So it does feel like premeditated to me. The crime in the, in the end does feel premeditated to me. The The sex thing feels like it was a surprise to him.
0: That yeah. wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. She
1: apparently, her flight was originally supposed to land at 10, but it got delayed and so she came in at 2. And I think that that's probably why he fell asleep. Because apparently, according to some people that have spoken to Chris, the girls woke up and they came into the room very bruised. And that was like, I think he had tried to start to kill them before Shanann had came home.
2: Oh Some people
1: argue that they were dead before they even left the house. He tells the story that he didn't kill them till he got to the, mm, the site. The site yeah. But other people, I mean, I guess it makes sense in terms of the cadaver dogs that they were not fully dead um, when she got home. Because otherwise that would have been picked up immediately and there was very little activity for the cadaver dogs cadaver dogs in the house mm-hmm. which is shocking because even in his truck Shanann had he knew that she was dead when she relieved herself like post-mortem in
4: the bed i believe wherever.
1: so yeah mm-hmm. and so by the way that bed is still in the listings for the house like if you look at the listings to buy that house apparently it's gone back up on the market they, and they staged still, it with that bed i think they staged it with that bed And because that was a conversation on Reddit that I was looking at where people were like, oh, like, I think they sold a bunch of their stuff. Like, I'm surprised they didn't sell the bed. And I was like, what, like, they probably can't sell that bed, like, legally. Like, someone was brutally murdered on the bed. That's for, like, some sort of sick Hollywood Hills collector that, like, has, like, a fucking torture basement where he has murder like artifacts. But like that is not some, that Ashley home furniture bed is not something that I can't believe it. Maybe either they, those were the original staging pictures. I actually wouldn't be shocked if the bed came with the house and Chris and Shanann were sleeping on the bed that came with the house.
4: You would or wouldn't be shocked? I
1: wouldn't. Yeah. I feel like they, they would buy a house with some furnishings involved sure. already. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I just, I think that once you buy a bed like that, it's kind of stuck in the house. Yeah. It's like a four-poster canopy-style bed.
4: Do you think, like, ServPro would come in and take the mattress and burn it or something? I
1: don't understand why the police wouldn't take the bed. Like, as evidence or something, like... Yeah. This is where it's like, doesn't matter if we ever get the true story or not. Like, he's never going to fucking tell us. Like... I should have looked into some psych more psychics and tarot before I before I read this. They do normally like I've found a lot of healing in watching what I consider to be reliable like tarot sources for for crimes like this, but we're yeah, we're never I mean, we're never going to know what yeah. happened unless it's like a deathbed confession. Um well, it's
4: yeah, with somebody like him it just seems like it's always going to skew to his In his favor, somehow.
1: His needs, his wants. Oh, he's 100% fucked. This man is done. So this is one thing that confused me about the case was the time, right? Because she got home at 2 a.m. She's pregnant. She's been traveling all day. You don't really sleep on a flight from Arizona to Colorado. Um, Her flight was delayed. She comes home and she initiates sex with her husband. They have sex. I mean, I'm assuming... Fifteen minutes. It's gonna guess, right? Like it's probably like whatever. And then she goes to bed knowing that she's gonna have to wake up and tend to her children probably in three hours. And he knows that he has to start getting dressed for work probably around four thirty. And at this time I would just like first of all, when I really heard about the case, but secondly, when I watched this movie, I was like, When were they gonna sleep? And that makes you think, were these people on fucking speed? Like, they were, they had two young children and were not worried about getting shut eye.
4: Triple patch it tomorrow.
1: And <laughs> if, if there's one thing we know, it's like, may, you know, Chris maybe only fell asleep that night because Shanann's flight got delayed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's unbelievable that these, that this drug also, like, she's pregnant and she was taking it, like, Thrive is 100% questionable. Like, I just have a lot of questions about what's going on there. Whenever you're taking an FDA supplement, like a FDA unapproved supplement mm-hmm. every day, that's giving More you pregnant. this sort of, yes, and giving you this sort of like visible, like benefits, you have to wonder what's going on in there. Um, so I'm going to spare the everyone the audio from the next scene, uh, which, Normally, like, in any other Lifetime movie, this would have been funny. It was, like, him dragging her body down the stairs.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, two things about this that people online were saying were incorrect was that, one, it was her feet that he dragged behind her. So it was like he was carrying her by the head and shoulders. Okay. Um, But, two, that the stairs were carpeted. So they say here that it was him bringing – in the movie, they basically portray it as – um, the kids discovered him bringing the body down mm-hmm. because of the loud thumping. But it wasn't the loud thumping. It couldn't have been. Even though they were light sleepers, I seriously doubt that. I mean, it was loud just because it was like skull on wood, wood right? Yeah.
4: Like, that um, doesn't rhyme with helicopter.
1: <laughs> I- <laughs> Oh, it was, like, devastating. It's devastating, too, because you can't laugh, like, but, like, because it's, like, too real. Like, when the body, like, when he got to the bottom step, the way that the body, like, flopped from the steps onto him and how tired he looked, I'm, like...
4: It's just, it's, like, that, I, that is the fucking pit of despair. Right? I wish like, this was like,
1: comedy. Like, I wish this yeah. was an, I wish Adam Sandler was our lead and that, you know, like, I wish this was a moment like that where we could just be like, oh, this is so funny. And it's like dumb. a merman that had died. Yeah. Know? I mean, who knows? It still could be. I, like, we haven't figured out, uh, clearly there's still <laughs> mysteries. Uh, <laughs> guys.
4: We're just punchy, that's all.
1: What if Chris Watts was a merman, though? Okay. <laughs> so, I I think that would be, like, I think everyone would be happy with that. Okay, so the answer to Tammy's questions about where the girls were, um, they started to hear the mom's body getting dragged, so they woke up to investigate, and they saw him with their mom just completely wrapped up. She's wrapped up like a mummy. Like, I'm actually impressed if this is anything close to how he actually wrapped her up. I'm impressed with how he did that. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I have to say, I'm impressed with the way he pulled all of this off. Like, if, if she had already, like, relieved herself, if there was, like, if this is a cadaver dog would have picked up any of this. And, like, the evidence in the house is pretty limited. And mm-hmm. I have to say, like, this fucking Dumbo, like, if he did one thing right, he sort of figured out how to get this, the bodies in and out in a pretty eff- efficient way. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was smarter, he probably would not have been caught on, like, a reasonable timeline. Um, So that's when he had no choice but to kill them, too. Um, <clears throat> I personally would like to believe that he wouldn't have murdered his daughters if they hadn't seen Shanann, but a lot of the people that are are investigating this online or saying that he knew that both Shannon and the girls had to go, which is you know maybe why they had the bruised faces that Shannon possibly saw that set her off again, none of this explains the no defensive wounds um yeah, and some people say that he started to strangle her when she was sleeping um from like behind so that she was unaware I don't know
4: sure, sure.
1: Um, we see Chris driving down the highway. There's not even a little bit of sun out. The girls are in the back seat and they know something's wrong. They're crying. They're, they're sort of comforting each other as this is happening. They're both really concerned. At one point in real life, I know that the girls were complaining about a smell in the car. Um, Chris tries to like, I think, make it seem almost like it's, um, like you drive through like a manure Fields. Like he says, like, oh, it was in this one town they were complaining about the smell, but I'm sure they were, it was, a, there was a decomposing body like at their feet. Like it's, I don't, it's terrible.
4: The whole scene is super upsetting, even for like a TV movie. Like just because it's awkwardly filmed and it's like, like there's the element of like filming two small actress girls and making them be kind of cry and like him. And so, and then. I don't know. There was a lot of layers watching it. Like, and then the reality of the situation was just almost too much to bear. Yeah. Knowing what what was going to happen.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's the reality of the situation. 100%. Let's play this last clip 124.12 to 126.50.
3: The girls you mentioned that CC was first. Did you uh, did you use a blanket to cover her face or? There's a blanket and then my hand. Where was Bella? She was in the truck. She didn't know what was going on. She's just sitting there right next to us. So after CC was gone, you and I uh, I put her in a tank and I went back to the truck and Bella asked me the same thing that happened to Cece gonna happen to me I told her yes Like a horrible person, I just put the blanket over her head, and I did the same thing to her. She kept saying, Daddy, no. Daddy, no, those are the last words she said. I keep hearing her say that every day. Every day. I love those girls. They were mine. Do anything to take that back. Mm. But I can't. I I just can't. No, you can't.
1: So Chris goes back to the place where he will spend the rest of his fucking life. His jail cell, honey. It is not I mean, this is not it. Like, when, after going through this <laughs> with you, I'm realizing how fucking unsatisfied I am. Because after doing all this research, after having watched this so many times, like, three times, and then, like, dealt, like just diving into a bunch of research, um, I feel like I, it, I'm i not as satisfied. I will say that this movie's really good. Tammy does uh, turn to the other detective at the end, and says, well, we got the truth. And he goes, something still's eating you. And she says, He didn't have any defensive wounds. Shanann didn't fight him. She didn't struggle. The entire time, she thought he was going to let go, right up until the very end. Maybe we do only see what we want to. But if that's the case, maybe we never really know anyone. And that's terrifying.
4: And then the last shot is Chris in his cell, imagining his two daughters sitting on the bunk across from him.
1: in matching dresses. I mean, this is something that I don't think anyone's talked about, but and this is, like, no, like, slight to the daughters, I just thought it was interesting that they did this in casting, was that Shanann and Chris's girls, like, were, like, the kind of kids that, like, had their their hair was, like, a little, start like, slow to grow. So, like, they were, like, they just both had these, like, really cute, like, little pixie sort of style hairdos. And in this movie, they gave them, like, longer hair, which is, like, just such a shitty a sort of Hollywood. like American, you know, like, oh, we got to give a little girl like a, you know, big blonde ponytail to feel bad for her. Um, but I did think that was such an interesting casting decision because it would be so easy to find girls that age with sort of more closer, you know, closer hair. Yeah. My cousin Eileen didn't start growing hair. She was like five. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin Elizabeth literally started going gray at 10. <laughs> yeah when she was like and when she was a senior in high school she had a full head of grays wow. my uncle Dickie was like that too I like my aunt Mary and my uncle Dickie got together in the I mean obviously in the 80s when I was born and I never remember a day of Dickie's life where he didn't have salt and pepper hair Amazing. isn't that crazy yeah Um, but I did think it was like sort of unfortunate that they took that away from them because it was almost like Saying yeah. that they could have made him cuter, and I don't think there's anything. It was like cuter erasing than them again? Sweet little girls, yeah. you know. Um, mm. This movie, it was, it was, it was rough. Like I think that. I mean, let's be real. There are so many fucking funny things about all of this. The MLM of it all, crazy. Chris, as a person. Crazy. Even the leather flip flops are like, you know, he would have like a Coca-Pelle, like on his pack. Okay. Like <laughs> totally. he is totally that dude totally. that would have like just rocking all sorts of in- inappropriate symbols. I think that I wish I wish we had known more about like what a bro Nicole kessinger, were, kessinger was. Like she was apparently like a fucking bro.
4: Yeah, they show a video of her like sandboarding with him and like uh Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and when she talks to the detective, she's like, dude, I mean, like, dude, like, I I absolutely, no way, man. Like, she very is.
4: Wait, I'm I'm getting my Nicole's mixed up. Is that, you talking? Nicole,
1: the, Nicole Kessinger, the um, mistress. Okay, yes, okay, yes, She was, like, very, like, dude and bro. Yes, totally. With the cops, which is so interesting, because I wish we had gotten more of that. They sort of turned her into this, like, I don't know, she almost, like, looked Latina, like she had like some flavour in there. Yeah. A little bit. Yes,
4: which is not at all the case when you see pictures of her.
1: Totally like more waspy mm-hmm. features on Nicole Kissinger in real life. Now, the only person who really fucking got their due 100% was our girl Amber slash Nicole A. That is my fucking queen. Yeah. Like they, I think she is bomb. I was trying to watch an interview before we left, but I didn't get to it, of her, like, update, I mean, I want to just dedicate this episode to friends like her, like, that is, like, you always wonder, I don't know about you, but I always wonder, like, who's going to, like, notice if I die, Mm. like, who's going to be the first person to be like, I haven't heard from Molly, like, or like, you know, oh, like, she wouldn't do that, or, I mean, do you ever run those scenarios through your head? Yes. Yes. Like, who Who do you think would fail you the most? <laughs> and who do you think would come through the most, your wife excluded? Because, like, you obviously spend the most time together.
4: Oh, God. I can't answer those questions.
1: Um,
4: I, I I can't. Because, well, I'd have to put some, I haven't thought about it enough to, like, to be able to just give you a snap answer. You know, oh, Gregory would. Gregory would fail me. Gregory.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll be the first to say that I think my mom would be pretty bad at putting together the pieces. Like, she's just like not connected to like the internet and like oh, I see, yeah, to like yeah. my world. Like, I feel like she would get a call like three days later, and they'd mm-hmm. be like, "We found Molly," um, and she'd be like, "Oh, I thought she just like wasn't picking up." Like, <laughs> you know, I could say we're on different coasts. My saving grace in being found dead is wagon stuff. Like 100% because he would cause a ruckus. He would make it impossible for someone to come by the house without it, it being a scene. Yeah. But two, I think if someone was like, well, if I haven't heard from Molly and I don't know where Wags is in relation to Molly, that's probably bad. But I think I could die. Like I think I could be there for like three days before something figured out.
4: I, I, I'm going to check on you every two days from now on. And-
1: I'm just, good i just <laughs> like because like what are you supposed to do anyway like everyone acts like your cat's eating you is depressed and depressing but like no I'm i don't like, mind that it's like at least like i mean if you're worried about my cat's eating me then maybe you should check in on me more maybe <laughs> you should move in next door i do think mike my next door neighbor might be kind of clutch in a situation like that he nice. seems to like track the property
4: sure sure
1: um okay we get a little title card at the end that says Chris Watts is currently serving five life sentences without the possibility of parole for the murders of Shanann Watts, Bella Watts, Celeste Watts, and Nico Lee Watts. So it's time to do our scale. I think this movie was really good. I think mean, this will be a breeze for us. You know the scale by now. One is least lifetimey, five is most lifetimey. For acting, what would you give this? Wow.
4: Um... I, I I can't remember like I think it was pretty great. So, I thought
1: it was really strong performances across the board. So
4: see I can't tell if that means it's least. It's like a one. Mm-hmm.
1: A one is really really good. Oscar winning. A five is like Tori's Spelling, honey clean it up.
4: Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> see, i give it a two or three. Two, 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 I want
1: to give it like two. a two. two I, I, yeah. I, I would give it a 1.5 <laughs> I would
4: give it a two for sure
1: believability of the world and characters because this is a real situation you want to give it a one but i do have to say there's some things here in the two for me i want to give it a two five i just think okay
4: well you know more than i do going in without knowing a a huge amount i would give it a two probably
1: let's give it a two because but
4: i can see going to it towards a three
1: the only thing that's unbelievable is Chris Watts's story and I can't hold that against Lifetime.
4: No. But I can see fictionalizing certain elements because they have to because it's a it's a movie and you know so we're going to have to fill in some blanks here. And for that, I mean, you know, but it's but they got all the the like body cam footage, all that stuff and surveillance footage. So. I have to
1: add cinematography next season. I feel like I feel like we're going to have to redo the scale for season um Six. Oh, my God. Um, creative use of words to avoid censorship. Now, we got a shit in this movie.
4: And an asshole, but I don't know if that's a...
1: No, that's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like they just gave it to us. There was no, like, darn it. And, like, if there was, I feel like you would be on character for Shanann, because she had to remain really clean and above board.
4: She's thrive, thriving. Thriving. She's
1: thriving. She's thriving, 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 baby. By the way, Thrive, you may be a great company and I will absolutely take a trial, okay? I am not at all trying to um get yeah. sued. Okay? When
4: we're when we're laughing, it's about strive. Yeah. Not thrive.
1: Yeah. Um, for creative use of words to avoid censorship, do you want to give it a two? Yeah. Okay. Dialogue. I thought it was pretty good. I think that was the cool part about it, you know? <laughs> i mean i thought i thought that it was it was all it was all there for me um yeah
4: i'm 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 sticking with twos and threes you know
1: they also had a lot of real material to work with so exactly the wardrobe is a one i'm so sorry there's just they literally went out and found dupes of everything that they were wearing in this movie that's like one of the greatest parts about this being a true story is they're not recreating like dolce and gabbana suits they're going to the same marshals that they shopped at and getting the leather flip-flops and the cold shoulder tops
4: leather roped pendant necklaces
1: i mean god bless these people like honestly it is like a shame like when you also just look at like You know, how many people do you know that are fighting about a $62 bill about salmon and a beer? Like, that goes to show, I I will say that that is where my LA is showing that, like, I wouldn't bump on that. If someone told me that they got a cocktail and a salmon dinner, I would not be surprised if it was $62 and I wouldn't question it. But as much as I think it's a little bit unfortunate that it comes down to such dollars and cents for them, I I think that, like, it... It just shades out the picture so nicely. It makes me understand them. That she's looking up the menu and being like, salmon is 1899 in this town. Maybe even 1499.
4: hmm We don't mm-hmm. live
1: like that. Like that yeah. you can't get a salmon for 1499
4: in LA. That's a hell of a tip.
1: Yeah. Um, hair and makeup.
4: I, it's very, it's very naturalistic, you know, a uh, true life. So
1: they nailed it. The, the one thing that they did very well until it was bad was that Chris had salt and pepper sort of around the edges of his oh, hair. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You're and right. then you
1: saw a hard line. Like when he was getting arrested, you see like the line where the brush hit. To like create oh, the salt very, and pepper. Good ice, good it ice. was small just because I was so, I was in that moment, I was both impressed and deflated a little bit about it. I'm going to give it two just, just for the sake of it. So yeah,
4: I'll go with that.
1: Music. I didn't notice it. I, you know,
4: I did because I'm kind of a music head. <laughs> no, but I, I, I liked it. I, there was something, it was a weird, um, Kind of almost this, muzak uh, version of Nine Inch Nails album that, uh, from the nineties. Like, I can't remember one of the early, earlier ones. Um, but, but that did that, but it worked. I'm going to make
1: was- a power move here because this is my show and I make the fucking rules. I'm going to give this a five. Do you want to know why? Because they heard Jesus Jones and I fucking love Jesus Jones. Do you know about my Jesus Jones road trip challenge? No. It's an idea I've had for a film for years, Um, and I really do plan on making it one of these days. I want to take 10 strangers and put them in a van and start right here right now by Jesus Jones in L.A. and have it run on repeat throughout an entire drive out to the Las Vegas desert. And then have it end with like us having heard Jesus Jones, I think it's like 136 times or something, maybe a little bit more and over and over again and see this the psychological experiment of what happens when you take a bunch of people and make them listen to right here, right now. Wow. For an entire trip. And I feel like if I only need the rights for one song, I can make my film. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And Jesus Jones and I, we've tweeted. You know what I mean? Fantastic. I told them about this movie. They know.
4: It's But the fact that they didn't use the song, but used that one sentence. I'm
1: just saying, Barbara Marshall, you might want to wait for that cease and desist to come in from Jesus Jones, because <laughs> <laughs> they know now. Um... So I just power moved you that did. to a five. Crying. We didn't get a big crying scene. Unfortunately, the, the whole problem with this movie is that people are devoid of tears. But we
4: did see some tears from Shanann and from Nicole, Nikki. Uh, and they were, they seemed pretty realistic to me because they were subtle. They were understated.
1: So I want to give it like a two. Yeah. We didn't get that big Tory spelling moment, but it was fine. Victimization of the female character. I obviously, Shanann was victimized. I think they also threw under the bus a little bit. That this is a male centered movie, so it's hard. You're not going to get that like extreme five if Shanann had lived or something else, or if she had been portrayed more likably, right? Um, I think it's like a three. Like, I don't even, I'm trying to find a side character that I felt worse for, but I feel like Nicole. Um slash Amber is so strong that she doesn't need my pity. Five.
4: Yeah, maybe the mom that was never portrayed at all.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is a three. <laughs> like we feel bad for Shanann, but the movie didn't go there like that.
4: Yeah, yeah, no
1: failure and or refusal to jump to a logical conclusion. Um, because this is real life. I mean, I think that it's a little bit harder to judge this by. Um. Let's just give it a, th- like a two to be safe because this movie can't be the best movie we've ever done. Good. Um, we go for high on this show. Drop plot lines. Again, I was saying to Sammy before this because this whole fucking movie is a drop plot line. Like, we really have no idea. Yeah. I wish that they had, they had filled out like Nicole's journey a little bit better. Um, mm. but. They kind of wrapped up everything they started outside of like what happened to Dieter, mm. like what's up with Thrive. Like there was no like buttons put on any of that.
4: No, no. So
1: like a two, I don't know. Um, and then the font I thought was really good.
4: I uh, love the font. The
1: opening titles I mm-hmm. thought were pretty good. It's yeah. a two. I mean, this movie was going to score very high. It's probably our, our best movie. <laughs> Sammy, what's our score? Twenty-seven. Okay, I don't think we've done a twenty-seven since maybe season one or two. Wow. Um. So this, and I think that this was mostly me moving the needle with the five. <laughs> Guys, this was uh, Chris Watts, Confessions of a Killer. Thank you so much for listening. I have so many more hours that I want to talk to my therapist about this and maybe I'll call Ted on the weekend or something. We can get into it. Please. I wish we could keep going, but I can't hold this man any longer. I cannot (laughs) hold Sammy any longer. This is just offensive to everybody. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope if this is your first time listening to the podcast that you will listen to some of our other podcasts and Maybe judge us off of something like that to get more of the tone of this. If this is your first time, I appreciate you for listening. Thank you for being patient. And, um, I hope that we handled this in a way that was cool for you. Cause I really like this movie and I feel for everyone in this case. Um, but Chris Watts fucking fumbled it, man. Big time. Bungled it, dude. Um, all right, Ted, thank you for being here. All of your information is going to be in the description of this show. Oh my gosh. Um, but is there anything else that you want to plug that in and highlight? We all know Trumpet Cake shouts, Trumpet Cake.
4: Trumpet Cake, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then uh, uh, starting March 5th on FXX, there's a show called Cake. We're gonna have some animated shorts on there, so check them out.
1: We will put it in the description I love of it. this show. It'll all Thanks be linkable. For having me. It's of course, a thank pleasure. you for coming and do this. I know that this is a little bit, you know, it's a little different for us, but we will get more it. silly next time, okay? All right, thank you so much. We work is shutting down. We've been kicked out. Thanks guys. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.
3: Maybe we do only see what we want to, but if that's the case, then we never really knew anyone.
0: Hi, I'm Alexis O'Hanian. So I decided to create business dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now Providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads from rain wilson and guy Raz to todd carmichael and shane battier And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.